Yeah, I don't think you bank on all that. I, that's where you get into trouble. Uh, the guys are pretty resilient, and uh, so you, you get you get yourself ready. And um, if it works out that way for you or whatever, I don't know how to I don't know how to uh, quantify that. Um, you know, so uh, I just say get ready for the game. Let, let's do that. I don't really care what goes on out here. Um, all right fellas it's playoff time baby it's playoff time baby we've been waiting on this thank god we got rid of that stupid 13 12 game for no reason nobody played (laughs) i thought eastern stick might be able to put himself together that's the one thing came to my mind is like Blaine, like those are the type of games of an Easton Stick and Blaine Gabbert. You can put together something to say, I can earn myself another five more years with a solid performance. I can do like Chase Daniel never, never missed an opportunity to put up numbers and give give people thought, yeah, he could be on the team. He could be a backup for the next five years. I think both of those quarterbacks put themselves in jeopardy to be out of the league in the next two or three years. <laughs> they put forth 13 to 12. Just absolutely pathetic. No, 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 don't try to clean this up. Since Six got some away. wheels. Put He's running a little bit. Okay, yeah, put your broom away. There's nothing, there's no way to clean that up. That was just, those two guys, I'm telling you, boy, I, 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 that was that was rough. That hey, your was, boy McColl? McColl out there? I tell you, man. Some good moments, they, some bad, a lot of in-between, but he was yeah. out there 100% of the snaps. How about that? An, I an interception that was absolutely his fault, but had All like right. 77 yards. I mean, why you, you got to bring up that stuff, man? About, <laughs> but, but also, you know, let's see if he can replicate that in a, a negative five. How about the hands? Let's see, what, let's see what the hands look like. Listen, I know many people are talking about the, the weather. I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, the, the national weather system have come out and said that this is uh, approaching dangerous weather, dangerous, <laughs> dangerous out here. And that's what, that's what we're, we're looking at is dangerous potential uh, weather. I mean, I think, believe they're cleaning the homeless up off the streets in Kansas city, but they want y'all ass to go out there and sit out there for three plus hours. Fellas, we've talked about this. There's no chance in hell. I'm telling you right now, I would not go if I if somebody had a suite. If I <laughs> like, I would. Honest to God, we all worked we all worked in Kansas City before at the radio station. Like, I'd have to, I'd have to really think it through to to even go to cover it. I, I would I I would may I may have lied and just not gone and covered it and covered it from the house because for me the walk from where I park my car to even to the suite or the press box in negative five, real feel a negative 12. I, I like, I can't do it. I, can't I was do offered it. tickets. My dad has season tickets. He can't find anybody to go with them. His wife certainly is not going with him. Um, I said, no, I said, dad, you couldn't pay me to go to this game. Like you could, you could offer me a few hundred bucks. I'm not going. And that's not me paying for the tickets. That's him paying me to be his uh, companion to said game. My buddy texted me earlier today and said, because the prices are so cheap, he decided to buy. He decided to get some tickets to go. I, I, If you are one of those individuals 
that is so deranged and so in love with this team that you are willing to go out there and cheer them on for three hours in negative 30 degree temperatures. They are projecting this to be the third coldest game in the history of the NFL based upon the, uh, the wind chill, man. Good for you. Good for you. Are a way better fan than I am. Cause there is no chance, no chance if in I, hell. I would if be going I, out. If more peacock, boy, they could charge. They could run that thing up to a hundred dollars. <laughs> Buy it. I'd buy it. <laughs> if I was if I was 21 years old, I'd probably go. Oh, and I I'd think, probably I think... get hammered and suit up and, and go out there and root for my team. But at you... 34, I'm gonna stay inside bundled up. I'm gonna put my wool socks on, even though I'm inside, and I am gonna stay warm and watch it on TV. It used to be a badge of honor uh at you know 25. I remember me and my my friend went to a game. It was a it was a noon game, it was a it was the Chiefs and Dolphins during the Dick Vermeil era, and uh, and I mean I'm sitting here. My my uh, my my friend's dad said, "Hey, bring some cardboard cardboard with you, so you can stand on the cardboard, so that that concrete you're just not getting that cold from the concrete." <laughs> Man, I looked at him about 13 minutes left in that second quarter. I said, "Hey, man, I'm not going to be able to walk to the car." Uh, if we sit, th- <laughs> if we sit through the four quarters of this ball game, because I can't, I can't feel my feet already. Like I am, like right now, I think I'm in a place. Place we've got to leave right now for me to be able to get into the car. And we bounced, <laughs> we bounced, and, and got, and we got, we got back to his house by the two minute warning, and just, and and that was 17 degrees. That was 17 degrees at noon, and the sun was out. This is. This is going to be awful. And I listen, I'll tell you how cold it is. I know somebody very close to me. I found out today that they told me they quit their job today because of the weather. And we haven't even. <laughs> there's not a punchline to this joke at all. They told them that they are. It is. It is. They have decided to move on from their place of employment because it was too cold to go out. And we haven't even reached the cold days yet in Kansas City yet. So I. I Listen, Man, I, I went to Chiefs Chargers Monday Night Football when it was soaked. That was in September, though. That wasn't this kind of cold. I went to, whenever I was growing up, 98 Chiefs Seahawks, the rain game. I was there. I was up in the upper deck. We had front row of the upper deck seats, oh, so the rain was is, just, oh, oh I, I was there for that, too. I was seven years old, just loving life. I don't have that in me anymore, my friends. I do no. not have whatever that gene was that was inside of me in the first 20 years of my life. It no longer exists inside of me any longer in, at this point in my life. I went to the 2018 divisional round matchup against the Colts, and that was the game where it just snowed like 10 inches the day of the game. And that was the worst game I've ever been to. And I just had to get into the stadium because I went up to the press box or whatever. Seriously. But it was, it was impossible to get in and out of the stadium. Everywhere you walked, like if you didn't have snow boots on, you were screwed because you were several inches deep in snow. And then by the end of the game, it was slushy and sloshy and gross. So you were just soaking wet and freezing. That was the worst game experience I've ever had. And this is a whole different kind of cold. Like this is yeah. that's not even close that, to because that that Hulk just gonna be getting you all night. Like you can't get away from it, and that wind is coming through. But listen, I'm gonna tell you what. I wouldn't be caught. I wouldn't be there. I would be at the house. No, in no no form or fashion. But I tell you, one person who has better be there. That damn Taylor Swift better find her ass and be in that damn stadium. <laughs> Taylor Swift Taylor Swift's ass better be at Arrowhead Stadium. And I I talked to a a a, a guy that I work with, and he made a great point. 
Don't you just come when it's good and comfortable for Travis. <laughs> now, he you went, man, this, he went to South America for you. He was there for gonna, 24 hours. Thank you. If you're going to take this love thing serious, if we're going to work this thing out, if you're going to get a ring before 2024 is over, your ass better be at Arrowhead. Now, I know somebody can drop your ass off right at the door. Mm-hmm. I know you're not going to have to walk from a long parking lot. I know that limo will probably somebody probably drop you off at a car with a heated golf cart that's covered and drive you right to the door and walk you right into whatever box you're in. I don't even think in. she has to do that. I think they drive her into the stadium and she sure. gets out like somebody, in the heated area. Somebody carries her, whatever it is. She's in Clark's like mansion that is built inside of Arrowhead Stadium. This that's where thing, she comes in. It can't it bet not be too cold for Taylor. You bet not be at the hotel. You bet not be at one light. Your ass better be at that stadium. Because if this love is going to survive, you just can't be out there when it's comfortable. I, and I want and I want your ass up against that window, just like you have been at all the games. I don't care how cold it is. Taylor better be there. Because I'm telling you right now, if Taylor is not there, if we don't get our Taylor Swift, it's not going to work. I declare it right now. If she doesn't go to that game and support him when it's uncomfortable, you don't just go there in 80. You go in negative 12 if you have to. Excellent point from BK. He took a he took off on his bye week. <laughs> he took off on his bye week. To where'd he go to Argentina? There yeah. he went. Come on now. You could take your ass to Arrowhead. She better be there. In fact, you know what? No, I don't, I, I you know, I, I don't even want her to I be do. able to get dropped off at the door. I want her to experience this a little bit. I, I need a 10-minute walk from Taylor in the weather. <laughs> Well, I need to see her right. out in the tailgating. Like I, I need that's to see not, a. No, I'm not. I'm not going to ask that much. I just. Well, I want to see her walking. Not. In, I don't. I, if I'm telling you, if she, if I, I need saw her, Zuba's pants, I need her eating barbecue with the barbecue sauce dripping and like immediately becoming frozen from her mouth. That that's what we need. We need. If to I see ever her. catch, if yeah. I ever catch her, if I ever catch her outside walking. I, they're gonna have a child. I'm like, <laughs> do you, like I will. I, do you think? Child. Do you think the glass in the luxury boxes is different than the press box? Because sitting in front of the glass in the press box, you're still freezing. It's more. miserable, it's, uh, dude. It's, it's, it's no, the worst. Yeah, no, I, no, it's still the same. I think it's still like I've it's been soundproof, in but not weatherproof. It's a weird thing in, that they found a way to yeah. accomplish in that no, press I don't, box. I don't know what theirs are like, but the ones I've been in, I've been in the ones where it is, it's the window, and now the weather, you feel the weather. So yeah. I, I don't know what she's requesting. All that, that's all I know is Taylor. If this love's <laughs> going to survive, if this is real, your ass better be there. I'm just saying. Yeah, you can fly up to New York and go to the Jets game. Whoa, you can fly to negative twelve. Your ass better be there too. All I got to say in this. Whew. All right. Now, listen, we've taken a deep breath. This uh, this season is over. We got through that ridiculous Chargers game. I'm not going to lie to you. I know it. I know it does not make it mean anything. But that 11 and six feels and looks so much better than 10 and seven next to your name. I just want to. It just feels so much better, and I'm glad they were able to pull that out. But I just want to see where y'all are. Entering the playoffs, taking a deep breath, and maybe this is as calm as we can get, BK, uh, before this thing starts because. There were some other times we could catch BK and he's he's ended the whole thing. Where is your confidence level with this team now entering 
the playoffs, seeing the path, seeing who's all out there, seeing like half the half the Dolphins have been hit by that Volkswagen that Happy Gilmore got hit by uh, when he was in the final round uh, trying to beat Shooter McGavin. Like like seeing the the potential path. Where is your confidence level one to ten? Ten being, I mean, extremely confident. One being zero. Where's your confidence level? right now on this team entering the playoffs. So we'll, we'll certainly dive more into this game specifically, but I'll just say like my confidence level going into this game is pretty high. Um, it, it's like almost concerning how high it is. And we'll get into yeah. that a little bit more, but my confidence level going into the postseason is not very high right now. It's like a five. And that's because man, that, that ending to the dolphins game could not have gone any worse for the chiefs when it comes to their path to the super bowl. The overwhelming likelihood is if the Chiefs end up getting to the Super Bowl, their path will have been the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Ravens. Like That's very likely to be the way that they're going to go. It could have been something like the uh, the Steelers, the – I think it would have been like Dolphins and Ravens, something like that. Like They could have avoided the Bills. The Bills could have had to play – the Ravens in the second round. That could have been the Texans, Browns. Yeah, could have been. Yeah. Ideal. So what what they ended up with is is obviously much more difficult. So my my confidence in them long term is like a five or a six. My confidence level in this game is like a nine. So kind of two different I'm at, answers. I'm at a six and a half, sort of. Uh, right now, I'm at a six and a half. Just going into this thing, it's just because, like, I think for us, we can get so close to it. We're so close. We're like we are watching this team more than anybody else. But you know, obviously the Ravens are kind of in their own spot, but they they they're not absolved from this either. But like everybody else has a lot of problems too. Like like a like a lot of like a lot of problems that we can that we can look at that they're scared to death of as much as we are. Like this Dolphins team, like I don't even like. I damn near feel bad for them. Whoever, however, who they're rolling in here, this ain't anywhere near the clo- close to the team that the Chiefs played earlier this year in Germany. They're a completely different team. Like this team, like they're just out here in survival mode right now. Like and and then the Bills, who the two seed are, are are good and who've run the table, but I mean. They've run the table into a point where outside of that Dallas game, they could have lost any one of them bad boys. I mean, also, can we can we be honest about who they beat? Like they played mostly bad teams down the stretch and it still took a lot for them to be able to overcome. Like they they almost lost to the Chargers, almost lost to the Patriots, needed a wackadoodle penalty to beat the Chiefs at the end of that game. And then this past week. Uh, played a completely banged up Dolphins team that we think is going to lose to the Chiefs this weekend, and they and a, ga- and a game a miracle <laughs> and a game that the Dolphins had under control the whole way until that until somebody breaks their leg on the punt return and takes out another guy with him and they and that completely changed changed the game. So uh, and and then you know obviously I think people believe in the Browns a lot more than I do, but I mean they've got they've got their issues um as as well and then you know there's the texans a young team that hasn't really been in it a lot and nobody believes in mason rudolph uh but uh, it's just like the ravens yes like you like you know you're gonna have to play a like outside of the ravens i don't think the chiefs have to play great 
against other teams. Like we've looked at this. They've made so many mistakes and errors against the two seed at home. And still, we still believe should have won the game. I mean, so many mistakes. Like Kadarius Tony, hell, that's just one of them. There are just there were countless ones that they made in that game. So I feel a lot better about it. I'm only at a six and a half, but I it is just to a point though, sir, to still I cannot just turn a blind eye to yo. If you watch this team for 18 weeks, what are they most likely to do? Probably the yeah. things that they've been doing for 18 weeks, which is the which is the wild card of it. They've cleaned it up a bit in the last in the last couple of games, but I can't I can't be I can't be really confident because am I really confident, sir, that they're not gonna have penalties anymore? They're not gonna have backbreaking turnovers, and they're not gonna do something stupid. No. No, and I, I don't think you can be confident in any of these teams in the AFC playoffs really having that. And the most confident team that I that I am uh, or that I like feel so strongly about is the Ravens, because I feel like they're the team that they don't turn the football over. They don't make dumb mistakes like that. Their defense is really, really good. And when and when Lamar's playing like this, he's playing like he is one of the five best quarterbacks on the planet. But Every other team you can point to, and I totally agree with you guys on the Bills. Like everybody is all in on Buffalo now. Like it's their year. They 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 fought through all this to turn things around late in the season. It's like, yeah, but have you watched Josh Allen recently? Like Josh Allen hasn't been very good. Like they've been winning because their defense turned things around, and their defense has been playing really well. Josh Allen's still turning the ball over like crazy. They had a stretch of games there where they didn't even want Josh to throw the ball because they want, didn't want to turn the football over. And so they were just running the ball like crazy. So I'm not overly confident in the chiefs right now. I'd say I'm probably at like a six, but I think that's like, that's still pretty high because I don't have confidence in any other team in the AFC other than the Ravens, because they're all dramatically flawed in, in some big way. And I think the Ravens are the most complete team. After that, it's a total crapshoot on who could wind up playing them in an AFC championship game. I mean, it, to, to be honest, BK, would you would you be surprised if any of these AFC teams lost this weekend? This weekend, y- yes. There's one that I would be surprised with, and it's the one you'd probably guess. I I don't think the Bills will lose that game. I I don't think the Steelers are capable of winning a playoff game like that. That would be the one. Other than that, though, no. no, Other than that, I think all of these games are basically toss ups. And you can even expand that to the NFC if you want to. I know we're we're focused on the AFC because of the Chiefs, but like I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers beat the Cowboys. I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams beat the Lions. I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks beat the Eagles. All of these. This feels like the most wide open playoff race outside of the number one seeds that I can remember because all of them kind of feel the same. See, for me, Buffalo, like, it's going to be snowing. I've watched Josh and, and that team, and, and I think Tomlin will find a way to play it close. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if that thing is close. But And they might not even – they're probably not going to have T.J. Watt in that game either. No, they're so not going to. They're I, not I, probably. He's been ruled out, yeah. So, okay. I, yeah, I, I hear you. So, it's just it's, – it's, it's something. But even with that, like, if Patrick Mahomes and this offense and Andy Reid and company, if they get these jokers to the Super Bowl, if they if they can get them to not to get past the Dolphins and win, if they win three games to get to the Super Bowl, well, you ain't gonna be able to tell 
Mahomes nothing. You ain't gonna be able. You ain't gonna be able to say a damn thing to Patrick Mahomes. They ain't gonna. I mean, this will be. This will be his LeBron James getting that Cavs team to the finals with Booby Gibson as the second best player on it. Like this would, this would take his entire legacy up a notch if uh, if they're able to pull this off. So we'll see. It would be his greatest accomplishment. This would be the single greatest accomplishment of Mahomes' career because, like, over to, to Super me, Bowls. Are you ta- I, sorry? I'm talking about if they go on a run, like if, if they, they go get on to, a run, if they get to a Super Bowl this year, it will be the best accomplishment of Mahomes' career thus far. Over because the two Super Bowls, it would be more MVP. impressive. Yeah, wow. Um, because this is the most flawed team he's played on by a country mile, and he's doing it while carrying those around him. If we're being honest about what the national like belief is of the Chiefs from this era, you could easily look back on it. I don't because I don't view it this way. You could look back on it and say, man, look look at the talent they had on that offense. They had future Hall of Famer Tyreek Hill. They had future Hall of Famer Travis Kelsey. And last year, like he did it in a little bit of a different way. I think that was a really impressive uh, run for Mahomes. But this year, he would be doing it with one of the weakest groups of skill players in the league. And he's doing it behind an offensive line that I think has wildly underachieved for most of the season. So this, to me, would be like what we saw Tom Brady do in 2018, where he prevented Mahomes from getting the first. And was it the hardest path to the Super Bowl outside of that? No, but they found a way to get it done. And in the end, I think that's one of the the rings that really puts it over the top for Tom Brady. So I, I think this would be so far the best achievement for Mahomes if he's able to get them there because it, it's just gonna be such a difficult task we're like in and sort of you feel like to what BK is saying if they go on a run it is hard to see the point where they go on the run and he is not the catalyst like it's art like it's hard oh. to see them go on a run and Isaiah Pacheco has been the best player because if they get I, to the but, Super Bowl it'd be hard pressed to think it wouldn't pat but I I could see the path laid out in front of them where the defense just goes absolutely insane. It, and it look, I think their path is what the Bengals did a couple of years ago. Defense is actually the thing that carries you and Mahomes has clutch moments. Because Burrow, when you get, look yeah. back at what he did in that run, he, he didn't have some crazy numbers that he was putting up from start to finish. In fact, they were really underwhelming. But when the moments mattered the most he was the one that was making the plays. And I think it would require that of Mahomes. And then the yeah, defense yeah. just makes plays the way that they have all year long. Yeah, he almost got out by Derek Carr at home in that first playoff game. Then Ryan Tannehill went silly. And then he had the big moments in the second half against the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, it would, be, it would be a hell of a – I know most people would be like, this is the great – this is the best thing. This is the best thing we've seen. Like him, him pulling that off. Uh, if they, can it's, get, if we'll he's got two two twenty five, couple touchdowns, no interceptions. Great, fantastic performance from Patrick Mahomes. And people, and you're right. If they if they did that to the Super Bowl, he would. This is he's the greatest. This yeah, may, this this may be how you get past Brady. This is the kind of team that allows for that because like you you can't make a case that he's being carried by anybody. He would be the one that is willing them with his own right arm I, to I, victory I think, week by week. 
I think what Serta said is you you can make a case that the defense has carried him, but people won't make that case. Correct. Just yes. like for Tom Brady, much <laughs> of his career, you could make the case that the defense was actually the reason they were winning those rings. But guess yeah. what? We don't do that because the quarterback is the one that gets all of the credit. Throughout this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay is, of course, centered around the Kansas City Chiefs coming away with a win during Saturday night's wildcard matchup against the Miami Dolphins. We're taking the Chiefs' money line, Isaiah Pacheco, anytime touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco over on his rushing yards, as well as the Rasheed Rice over on five and a half receptions we'll have that posted for you on the arrowhead pride twitter feed on saturday afternoon each week DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your sunday more fun gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in new york call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. It's a, it's a playoff edition of when the Chiefs have the ball and when the Dolphins have the ball. Let's start with the, uh, with the Chiefs. Um, when they have the ball, look, fellas, I – I'm not even. I'm not even sure the hell's gonna be out on the field for the Dolphins when they play this game. I, I don't even like. I mean, they are so injured. I think Christian Wilkins will be out there. I don't know what linebackers are out there. I'm watching the game, and out of nowhere, somebody breaks a wrist. One of their linebackers last week, Xavier Howard, he's already been ruled out. I mean, they got injuries all over the place. That Van Winkle fella, whatever. I don't even think that. I don't even know if that's his name. But that Van Winkle fella, he Ginkle, was in there. Ginkle, man, it's, it's, yeah. they call him Gink. Yeah, Van Ginkle, Van Winkle, I, I don't know, Ice ice Cube or Ice or uh, Vanilla Ice, whichever one it is. Um, he was in there for Bradley Chubb and Phillips, and hell, he's out. He's gone. I mean, they just – they have so many injuries right now that that the Chiefs have to, have to take advantage of this, fellas. I mean, they just have to. It just it, – it, they're so bad. Like, Justin Houston – Right, he's going to get major minutes in this game, and he just arrived yesterday, I think. I mean, it's just it's it's they have got to take advantage of how depleted the Dolphins are. I can't remember a team this kind of banged up heading into a playoff game that had real aspirations. Like you see this sometimes with teams that are just kind of on their last legs. It's like ah, Steelers got in this year, but they're super banged up. Now, the Dolphins, as of like three weeks ago, were considered one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. And then all of their guys went down. Tyreek Hill gets hurt. Jalen Waddle gets hurt. Raheem Mostert gets hurt. All of their edge rushers have gone down. Their linebackers in general, like they have Duke Riley, who's been a cast off from seemingly every team in the NFL, starting at middle linebacker for them right now. Xavier Howard is now out. I don't know if Javon Holland is going to play in this game. And he's a really important player for them, dude. He's a really good safety he has not participated in a single practice. He's listed as questionable. Like they are in a really bad spot right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The Chiefs have to be able to take advantage of this, man. We have talked so much this year about their offensive tackles not living up to expectations. And it looks like it's going to be uh, Donovan Smith going back out there this week because 
Uh, Wanye Morris is going to be out with the concussion protocol. Dude, if these guys can't hold up against Emmanuel Ogba, Justin Houston, Melvin Ingram, and Bruce Irvin, all of whom I believe are members of the AARP, like this is, whew, this is a bad state of affairs in that scenario. And the crazy part is, sort of, is like they actually defended the Chiefs really, really well in that first game they played. Like they they made it difficult for them. If you look oh. at it, they're like the Chiefs defense got a lot of praise in that game. They scored a touchdown in that game and they held that vaunted Dolphins team that was kind of close to putting up 70 on somebody. But the Dolphins defense was just as good, if not better. They had they gave up less yards than the than the Chiefs did to the Dolphins. They got a turnover in the game as well. Now they didn't they didn't take it back. They sacked. Uh they had sacks in that game, strip fumble in that game. They were really, really good. But hell half them dudes ain't even gonna be out there. It's when the Dolphins defense was healthy and they had their full arsenal of guys available. It was good. Like it was a good unit this season in the NFL. And you could see like, oh, explosive offense, like pretty testy defense with uh, a good uh, defensive coordinator and good play caller in Vic Fangio. And they just don't have the personnel to do what Vic Fangio wants to do now. Like they just lost too many bodies and it's really crazy how many guys they've lost. But like just going back to their performance against the Chiefs in Germany, like Vic Fangio has got a lot of experience against the Chiefs. Like I think Vic Fangio knows how to slow the Chiefs offense and, and give them some problems just from his years with the Broncos. But I think he simply doesn't have the personnel to win the matchups that they need to win and to do the things that they need to do to Patrick Mahomes and to Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco. Like the chiefs have to be able to score in this game. They have to be able to put up some points and, and not make mistakes, not create turnovers. Cause like, even like, I know the dolphins forced a couple turnovers last week against the bills, but that's just cause Josh Allen is going insane and just launching balls into the end zone for no reason. Like, as long as you don't make dumb mistakes, which we've seen this Chiefs team do over and over again, you should be able to win the matchup against this Dolphins defense because they just don't have the guys that can match up with you at this point. And, and Ron, to further illustrate kind of how, like, for people that aren't familiar with the, the Dolphins defense, because they are kind of nameless, faceless for a lot of fans, Javon Holland is, is one of their best players. He's a safety. He played 100% of the snaps the last time that these two teams met. He might not play in this one. Jerome Baker played 100% of the snaps at linebacker last time these two he's teams out. played. He is completely out. Xavier Howard, 100% of the snaps last time. He's a cornerback, one of the better ones in the NFL. He is out officially in this game. Jalen Phillips is out for the season. He played 85% of the snaps last time around. He was one of the better edge rushers in the NFL at the time that he got hurt. Bradley Chubb, we're all familiar with him from his times with Denver. 82% of the snaps last time around, out in this game. And then Andrew Van Ginkle, who was the man that replaced Chubb, he played 45% of the snaps last time around. He is out in this game as well. That is right there. Six of their top 12 players from the last time that these two teams met in snap count that are expected to be either out or on the doubtful side of questionable going into this game. So yeah, dude, it is a rough state of affairs. Vic Fangio, if anybody can make it work, it's him. He's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, but sometimes you get to a place where you just don't have the Jimmys and the Joes and it doesn't matter what you got for the X's and O's. You know, and, and the one thing that jumped out to me going back to that game, what they did, and I'm sure they'll try to do it again, and it kind of kicked things off from what we've seen more this second half of the year, is Vic was able to really – it felt like it was the first game that 
we we really saw a team just take out Travis Kelsey. And then it almost seemed like it was the blueprint, and we saw teams doing it, and we just saw, all right, we're just going to take Travis Kelsey away. I remember that game, like it was like they forced a screen to him, and that was like the first time it felt like he had touched the ball. I mean, he had – I know he had under 20 yards in that game. He's in the teens in that game. And, and really, to be honest with you, there have been some games where it's been better. But really down the stretch, man, he's been much more closer to the Dolphins game than we saw him against the Chargers, right, where he went crazy for like 12 for 140-something and a touch. Like, the Chiefs need him to be something close to the great player that we know him to be, in my opinion, for them to have a shot. Like, if if they're going to make a real run, Travis Kelsey has to be close to the great player that we know him to be. Like, I'm not saying he's got to be the guy that when he was at his absolute prime, all right, but he's got to be at least a Pro Bowl level guy. And he hasn't been there. I mean, listen, you talked about it. You said Rasheed Rice had taken over, and I don't think me and Sert agreed yet that he had taken over being the top guy. But you're, what you laid out is fair. I mean, my man hadn't caught a touchdown pass since before Thanksgiving, November 20th to be exact. He caught a touchdown pass. Hell, he caught what four or five against the Raiders last year in one game, right? And, and he hasn't gone over fifty yards in a month receiving, right? Like so, I, they they gotta they've got, and I've said it before. It's not just on him because, I, in, in fairness to him, there have been games like the Raider game in particular that jumps off where he was he was open and they didn't get it to him, or he's been missed, or they haven't waited long enough. The Bengals game, there were openings where they didn't wait. There were opportunities to get the ball. But then there's there's moments like that that Patriots game where he dropped a touchdown pass or he dropped, he dropped balls that were thrown in his hands. They got to have him getting closer to special than to just ordinary, and that's just what he has been if they got a shot. It's my biggest question in this game is what they do with Jalen Ramsey and is Jalen Ramsey. Are they just going to put him on Travis Kelsey and try to just eliminate Travis Kelsey from the game altogether? And that's going to free up Rasheed Rice or his Rasheed Rice made enough noise down the stretch here that Vic Fangio says we need Jalen on Rasheed Rice. And is that going to free up Travis Kelsey? Like I would do what I did last time. I I wouldn't like, I I would shut down. I, I would shut down Kelsey. Yeah, but I, but I, but if I'm Vic, like I'm gonna at least try to see can I do what I did the last time to see if that works, because I don't think he didn't just put Jalen Ramsey on him one on one. He just bracketed and just took him away with other guys. So that's that's what I think I would do. It, it's the classic thing that we used to see with Belichick, right, where he would take away your number two option with his best corner, and then he would take away your number one option with numbers. So what I think they could do is put probably put Ramsey on Rasheed Rice. Rice and then just have multiple guys responsible for Kelsey on every single play and force somebody other than Rice or Kelsey to beat them. And that's going to be a hard thing for the Chiefs to do because we've seen all year long, like Justin Watson, MVS, they, there's not a lot of guys that you really trust. And Kelsey has had troubles in his career against Vic Fangio. He's a guy that's just given him some issues. When you look back even to his time at Denver, uh, Mahomes, or he's held Kelsey under 45 yards in five of his last seven matchups against him. 
Chiefs are 7-0 and against Vic Fangio in those seven games. They found other ways to win, but many of those games were when they had better secondary options than what they have currently. Uh, but when you get to the playoffs, this is Kelsey time, man. You Gotta mentioned be, it, Ron. This, this is where he thrives. He's one of the best postseason producers um, and pass catchers in general in the last decade in the NFL. You look at what he's done, man. He's got a touchdown in eight of his last nine postseason games. He's gone for 100 yards or a touchdown in 14 of his last 15 postseason games. The guy is an absolute monster this time of the year. He got that week of rest. I think that's huge for him. I think he was really banged up, and I think that's why he decided not to play and try to get that 16 yards last week. Um, I, I guess the hope is that's enough. Two weeks of resting his body is enough for him to go out there and for whatever he's got over the next three weeks, he's going to go out there and give it to you. You need 65 yards and a touchdown in this game out of Kelsey. If he can give you that, you feel good about it. Yeah, and and and, and that's just to me low because of the and and how we'll see how much they're throwing the, the ball. But he's he has got to be clearly one of the impact players out there. And I and I just like I just don't think they can make the run without it. I don't think they can make the run with the Kelsey that's been rolling the last month, where he's in 18 yards or 44 yards as a high or 16 yards, right? And he's throwing helmets and he's pit, like he's got to be involved in this thing. Um, and and like I said, I think that that comes from Andy. That comes from everybody. They've had some time to try to maybe do some things to get him open and available. They've got to do that. Uh, in this run. All right. I, I do want to throw this out with you to you on this one. We talked about the Dolphins and in this game, and we've talked about you just talked about the secondary weapons that the Chiefs have. And for the Chiefs to make a run, we know that Patrick Mahomes is going to probably have to have a game or multiple games to throw his cape on and have to step up and show, all right. I'm the best player in the world, and I'll make up for whatever. You feel like this is a game that he has to throw his cape on? I don't. I think this is the game that you need Isaiah Pacheco to win for you. I I think you need that O-line and Isaiah Pacheco to go to work. I would not be upset if Isaiah Pacheco finishes this game, as long as the, the script is there and you're not down by multiple scores at any point. But as long as it doesn't get away from you, Pacheco finishes with 25 touches, I wouldn't be upset, man. He is your best route to winning this game. They are depleted in the middle of their defense. They are depleted at edge rusher. You have an offensive line that, even though I think it's been underwhelming this season, should have a significant advantage against this Dolphins defensive line, especially on the edges. Get him involved in the running game early and often. And then maybe more importantly, Ron, think about the recent Chiefs postseason runs and how much they involved Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, uh, Isaiah Pacheco last year, um, we, we've seen it with Jarek McKinnon. Like every year they have a running back that gets highly involved in the passing game. I, I hope we see more of that with Isaiah Pacheco as well. Just get him involved, easy passes. You're not going to have to deal with any of the risk that's there with those. Those are the kinds of things that can win you this football game. You should be able to win by getting the 24, 27 points in this one. No, I, I, listen, I, I think this should look very similar to the Bengals game that they played two weeks ago. Um, and I and to me, Clyde as well, because of the weather, this is going to be one where you you want to take advantage and and, and I think run the football. I think Clyde's going to be involved in this. But to me, that Bengals game, to the, to the points you made, he had 25 touches in that game. 
seven catches, 18 rushes. He had what 130 something yard, 30 yards and on the ground and and another 30 or 40 on the in the air. Like this to me feels like the game with the weather, with everything's going on, that you lean more towards Pacheco and that offensive line and getting the ball and letting him because because I'm telling you, I I would be shocked if he the way that that cat runs, he's gonna run hard, and I think he's gonna keep running hard no matter what the weather is. And at some point, like in that cold weather in the second half, you you ain't you you ain't really wanting to deal with that nut coming at you full speed, knees and 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 shoulders and everything and hair. Like so, I, I think I, I think this has got to be more of a Pacheco one. This to me should be one that Patrick Mahomes, like he was against the Bengals, he just he just made simple plays that were there. Oh, and just how many times have we talked about this team this season where it's just like if they just wouldn't turn the football over, if they wouldn't hurt themselves, they would win these football games. Like I, I'm hoping that the Bengals game was the first time that they like committed to it. And that was like our first glimpse of the playoff plan. Like we know we can't just sling it anymore. We know we can't go out there and drop 30 plus points every single week anymore because we're going to, we're going to create mistakes and we're going to put ourselves in bad situations. So we're committing to this and, and barring, you know, getting down significantly right out of the gate or something like that. I do think that's a, exactly what they should do. It should be a ton of Isaiah Pacheco. It should be a lot of Clyde in the mix. Like, just run the football, have Mahomes make plays when you need him to make plays, and don't turn the football over. And settle for six Harrison Butker field goals again if you have to. And, Ron, well, I think some people will hear what Serta said, and they'd be like, well, why didn't we see it earlier then? Why didn't they commit to Isaiah Pacheco earlier this season? And I, I think some of that might just be as simple as, I think that maybe they were planning to, and then he got hurt. Like he played in two games in like the final four weeks, five weeks of the season because of that injury that popped up for him. And so then finally you get him out there against Vegas and that game was wonky and it gets away from you a little bit because of the interceptions. But finally they get the game scripts that they needed. They go up against an opponent that you can run against in Cincinnati and you see him with 18 carries and seven targets in that game. I think that needs to be the formula moving forward. Try to get the ball in his hands 20 to 25 times every single game throughout the, from now until the end of the postseason. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, when the Dolphins, uh, when they have the ball, and, you know, this has been one of the most feared offenses uh, in the NFL, but they've got injuries as well on that side of the ball where uh, uh, Raheem Mostert, who led the the NFL in, NFL in rushing touchdowns, he's questionable and iffy to go miss the last game, and, and so did Jalen Waddle, their number two uh, option, and he's got the ankle, so that is – that obviously is hampering his speed, which is his number one threat. So they've got some issues. And Tyreek didn't look. Uh, he looked banged banged up towards the end of the Buffalo game as well. So they've got some they've got some issues over there offensively. Um, but I feel like a lot of people have been kind of pushing in their mind which which should be the number one focus. Who who scares you? Who who do you fear the most? And I think usually when you look at the Dolphins, it's easy, Tyreek Hill. But I think some people are looking at this game and 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 want to put A-Chain in that. I, I can't go there. It's still from there. I understand the A-Chain situation, and, and he's been really, really good, and he's got speed, and there is there is some real concern there. But this thing, this thing Tyreek scares the hell out of you. And for many reasons. To me, Tyreek, one, is – arguably the best non-quarterback offensive player in the game. And second for me, man, see, when Tyreek has success and makes plays and is rolling, like it seems to it seems to kind of spread out on the rest of the team. Like when Tyreek makes big plays, it seems to give the rest of his team confidence. We saw it here in Kansas City, and it happens with the Dolphins all the time with his swagger and it so that's to me like a chain is is really really good but that dude is still the 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 best and he can easily make big plays i don't care what weather it is he could go and 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 take it to the house every single time i understand the run game and i understand the success the chiefs have had against top rate receivers and what legerious need has done but still, man, 10 is the one that scares the hell out of me, even over eight chain in this game. Yeah, Ron, I this is gonna be something that that sort of probably doesn't get, but you'll 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 appreciate it. You remember those Cubs teams in 2016, 2015? They had Dexter Fowler at the top of the lineup. They used to say, you go, we go, right? That was the yeah. Dexter Fowler thing. He was their leadoff hitter, and he had a leadoff home run in the World Series, and it got him going. That's what Tyreek Hill is for this team. As he goes they go they're going to give him 15 targets in this game because they know if he isn't right if he doesn't finish with at least 100 yards they're probably not going to win the football game and so he's the guy that that scares me more that being said I think the reason why there has been so much talk and justifiably this week about Devon Achan is because you have somebody that you're confident in to go up against Tyreek Hill, even if you don't think he can shut him down. He can slow him down because we've seen Legereus Sneed slow down number one receivers all season long. He's had an all-pro type of season, even though he didn't make the Pro Bowl, which is just ridiculous. 
I, I don't know how you slow down Devon Acham with what you have at linebacker. I think it is a matchup nightmare if they are willing and able to get him lined up one-on-one in space, for example, against Nick Bolton. This is the nightmare of his dreams. Nick Bolton does not match up well, specifically in this game, with that running back. So if you are concerned about that matchup for that reason, I get it. That being said, Tyreek Hill is still the guy that makes this offense go for the Dolphins. Yeah, I I think that everything runs through Tyreek. Like we saw Tyreek Hill not be in the offense earlier this season for the Dolphins and the Dolphins couldn't move the ball without Tyreek Hill because he is the offense. But the reason I'm so scared about HN is because of what BK is talking about. Like it's just a bad matchup and they, they like to throw to him a lot too. Like they like to use him in the receiving game. They like to get him outside and he's just so explosive. Like, and he's dealing with a couple of injuries too, on top of Mostert. And Tyreek's dealing with a couple of injuries. Like everybody's banged up on that side of the ball. But at the end of the day, I have the utmost confidence in the Chiefs secondary and their cornerbacks in Legarius Need, Trent McDuffie, and that and that group of guys because of what they've accomplished and what they've done this season. So I think that they're gonna do their jobs and I think that they're gonna do enough, uh, especially in this cold weather game where I don't have a lot of confidence in Tua and just his ability to throw the football right now because I I just don't think that he's going to be great in in this type of environment at Arrowhead on Saturday night. And so I think it's going to start with the running game, and that's where the Chiefs have gotten beat a little bit this year. And so they do scare me because those guys are both explosive, especially A-Chan, who is probably the healthier of the two running backs considering Raheem Mustard's 31 years old. So – it does scare me, but the offense is built around Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I just think for me, it's it's just yes, there is very much concern uh, if if we see a chain and and Nick Bolton somewhere in space by themselves, <laughs> like that is that is a problem. Or even those they had great success, especially in the first half against Buffalo last week with those pitches, and that he's pushing outside and 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 uh, and and beating everybody to the corner. I just I just think also the versatility of the players on this defense also comes into to play. Like I like Willie Gay better in space. I like Willie Gay and Drew Tranquil. That may be something that you may have to go to. Tranquil is going to be huge in this game. Yes, if they're going to if they're going to shut down or slow down to HN, they they need Tranquil to have a big game. And Justin and hell Justin Reed who they'll bring up there. Like I think you can corral a lot more. Like that dude, that dude, Tyreek, man, he gets you. He gets you in, in certain matchups. Like, yes, Legarius Need and this this defense and this secondary has been amazing. I am not one to just think they're gonna continue. Like, yeah, they'll continue. That they, they, damn sure will continue. I hope they do, but they'll damn sure continue to just shut down. Now, I I can in my my eyes see it potentially getting away, but I hope the weather brings it in, and 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 and. And they are able to get to Tua. And, and speaking of that, I, I think that's the other big part is this D line, and we know who the D line is is led by. Uh, Mr. Ten pressures last week on I believe twenty five snaps, and Chris Jones. But that D line also can help take away Tyreek Hill and A Chain in, in the passing game. And Chris Jones and company, they're going to have to if the if the Chiefs as well. This is another part if they're going to make a a, a deep run. I think the D-line has to be a dominant force, and I think it starts in this game. We know Chris is about his money. 
We learned that uh, in a big way last week. I uh, This is a big game for Chris Jones, man. It's a really big game for Chris Jones. Because last that was... That was as into a game as I have seen Chris this year for most of the season. And I know he was hunting sacks. I understand he wasn't in his gap. Like he wasn't doing any of his assignments. He was just saying, I'm going to go get this sack as quick as I possibly can so I can get off the field. I don't blame him for that. I understand it. But if you can have that kind of impact on that game, I expect to be some, see something similar this week, man. I expect him to go out there and dominate in this game against the Dolphins the way that he did last week against the Chargers in a meaningless game in which he decided himself, I'm going to go play 46 snaps. Ron, that was one of the top snap games of the season for Chris Jones. I hate that he played that many snaps a week ago. Absolutely hate it. He didn't need to. He needed the million dollars to make up for the fact that he decided not to go to camp. But whatever, it's done now. And so in order for him to make good on it, go out there and play one of the games of your life this week. Because if you thought a million bucks was big for Chris Jones, imagine the kind of money he can make for himself on his next contract when he is an unrestricted free agent this offseason. He earned that right. If he goes out there and dominates again in the postseason, this is where you actually make your your money, Chris. This is when you can go out there and make the money that affects you for the next five years and not for the next five days. So I, I am fascinated to watch Chris Jones in this game. There have been moments in the past early on in his career when he's like disappeared in the postseason recently he's been a game wrecker in the postseason and it's why the chiefs went to and won the super bowl last year gotta have it again in this one doesn't he have another incentive that he can hit if they make a super bowl yeah big time money so i i mean hopefully that's what he's got on his mind um no, I, I mean, I expect him to have a big game. He He's the one that brought it up this week. Like, yeah, this might be my last game at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, I'm aware of that. And so hopefully that means he's going to go out there and absolutely dominate. But I, I think that the Chiefs have a really good matchup just across the defensive lines. Like, I expect a lot of noise from George, Mike Dana, Charles Amenahu, like all these guys that have been ballers all season. But yeah, in the playoffs, in the moments where you need big plays and you need your defense to create game-changing plays for you, like Chris Jones is the guy that does that for the Chiefs. And so they need him to make that happen this this playoffs, and it starts on Saturday against the Dolphins. I, I'm intrigued to see how Spags plays this because I think the D-line, as I said, you named them all. Charles Minihue has been playing. He's probably played the best of anybody the last month on that D-line. George is in a double double digit sack season like this is this has been they have been really really playing now sometimes it, it, it'll be like damn they just want to hold possession it didn't seem like they got any pressure in an entire possession but they played really well this for that first game like i mean there was pressure coming from all over the place you could tell spags was confusing to a repeatedly especially with mcduffie he was sending him a lot sending stuff off the edge i wonder what Spags' game plan in this one was because they blitzed from the jump and they kept doing it over and over again. Like I, it felt it felt like McDuffie wasn't even out in coverage that much. He was just he was coming off of that edge so often. So I'm really intrigued to see how Spags plays this game in terms of of getting pressure uh, with blitz and, or if he just goes. And down. by the way, Ron, them having a, a banged up version of Jalen Waddle could play a big part in that because now maybe you're a little less concerned about Waddle hurting you deep. 
And so you're more comfortable sending one of those corners or playing a little bit more creative on the back end where you've got less help over the top, like a lack of a secondary option because they don't have a tight end that's going to hurt you. A lack of a secondary option in the pass catchers uh, could be something that really helps Spags get even more creative in a game like this. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. All right, sir, to go ahead and grab that music of mine. Uh, the uh, the segment that is sweeping the nation, certified or imposter. All right, everybody's talking about this weather. The Chiefs obviously play in Kansas City, and the Miami Dolphins are in Miami, where I believe it's 80 degrees currently. It is supposed to be negative five at kickoff, and to be honest with you, that's been dropping by the day. Uh, negative five with a real feel of negative 12, and at some point in the game, negative 30 is what they're calling for. The The National Weather Center said dangerously cold uh, is how they described what Saturday night could be. This is the certified or imposter. The Chiefs have a major, major advantage with this weather in the game on Saturday. I'm going to go certified. Um, I think it really matters. I think the Chiefs playoff experience matters. I think their experience playing in this kind of weather in the postseason matters, which they have done several times over the last few years. And I know this is a different thing. This is the coldest game, one of the coldest games in NFL history. But I think that all plays into it. And for Tua, an, a, a physically limited quarterback playing in that kind of cold, being under duress, getting those kind of blitz looks from Steve Spagnolo, and trying to be accurate with the football for uh, a quarterback who is just not the strongest arm quarterback in the league, doesn't really just rip footballs into spots. Like I, I think all of that is going to really affect their ability to throw the ball on Saturday. And I think that's all going to play into the chief's favor. So I think it's certified. I, I think it is an advantage for them, even if they're going to downplay the head of the game. I'm going to step in here. I, I'm going to say imposter. I don't think it's a major advantage. I, I don't, who the hell is ready for this? Who is used to this? Nobody's used to negative five. I mean, to us not used to cold at all though. That's Nobody's that's used the to this. No, but, but this is a this is a level of cold that nobody's used to. Let me remember that time we talked to Chris Jones a while back, and he said, I'm from Philadelphia, Mississippi, where the hell he's from. I had never used – I bet you right now all of them would say, hey, man, let's play this thing in Miami. Let's do it right now. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give away the fans. Let's play this thing in Miami right now. I think that nobody's used to this negative 12 at kickoff. Nobody is. Ain't nobody. All they have, half these guys are probably from Texas or Georgia or Florida. Nobody in the world <laughs> is used to this thing. I think there are some minor advantages that could loom bigger. I think I think Harrison Butker is probably more equipped to kick closer into something like this than is Pete Stryanovich still their kicker with the Dolphins? I don't know who the kicker is for the Dolphins. It's, I think but. it's Jason Saunders. Yeah, Jason Saunders. I think he's probably more equipped. So I think there is an advantage there. And I I think I think there's an advantage where I, I think this is something that slows down speed. But that is, I don't think it's major, man. I just think everybody is going to be miserable. I understand that the Dolphins are like something like 0 and 11 since like 2017 in games under 40 degrees. And this is a different, but this, like, if this thing was like 17, I'd be like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs didn't have done. Nobody's done this. So I think it's certified, but I think it's because of the injuries. 
You know what really sucks, Ron? Being Javon Holland, having two bad knees and going out there in negative 30 degrees. That sucks. You know what really sucks? Being Devon Achan and having toe and rib issues that you're dealing with right now. Being Tyreek Hill, dealing with an ankle issue that he's been nursing for the past month. Being Jalen Waddle and trying to play through a high ankle sprain in negative 30 degrees. If you go out there, it's 60, 65 degrees, like... Don't get me wrong. It ain't fun playing on a on a hobble, hobbled angle, ankle, but we've all done it, right? Like you've gone out there, played, maybe it's a game of pickup. Maybe it's a, a game of uh, touch football with your buddies, whatever it is. And I'm not trying to compare us to pro athletes that are getting whatever injection is necessary prior to a game. But you know the difference between going out there and doing that when it's 70 degrees versus when it's damn cold outside. Now imagine it being dangerously cold outside. <laughs> That's what they're about to try to do. And I just think that the Chiefs are better suited when it comes to the injury statuses that they're dealing with right now than the Dolphins to try to play in negative 30 degree wind chill temps. Like, I think that's a really big part of this game. So I think it's certified because of the injury factor more so than it is like the way that either of these two teams play the defensive side of the ball, like any of that stuff. I think it's just about guys being hurt. It's going to be harder to play through that in this kind of condition than it would be if it was your typical 60 degrees or in a dome or something like that. Yeah. I just don't think the chiefs are, I don't think anybody's equipped to handle this better than anybody. I just, I don't know. I don't know who's, who, who is, who is equipped to do this in my opinion. All right, let's hit the, uh, Let's hit the predictions. Uh, Chiefs host uh, the Dolphins in this cold-ass game. Serta, where are you going on this? Who you got uh, getting the W in this one? I'm still not confident enough in the Chiefs to pick them to score like 30 points or anything like that, but I got the Chiefs winning 24-17. to I think they do run the lot, and I I think the Chiefs' defense is going to really slow down the Dolphins' offense, so I still like the Chiefs to advance. I like the Chiefs to advance as well. I've got this being a pretty low-scoring game. I think they win 23-20. to 20. I think it ends up being a game that they kind of have the Dolphins at arm's length distance most of the game, and then the Dolphins score it late to make it feel a little closer, give you a little bit of a sweat as the game comes to a close. But 23-20, Chiefs advance, and then next week we'll talk about them uh, having a really, really difficult matchup potentially. But I think they advance to the divisional round. Yeah, I do too. I think this is going to be one of those games where it feels like the Chiefs are in control the whole way, but it may be a one-score game. Like to me, I, I look at it 20, 20 to thirteen is where I'm at. Um, it is I think they're getting getting the end zone a couple of times, a couple of field goals. I think uh, I think uh, twenty thirteen, a game that looks close, but it feels like the Chiefs are in control the whole way. All right, hopefully uh, we're back here talking about. Did uh um, did you guys sign up for Peacock? I don't have to. I've had Peacock for years. <laughs> I have too. I'm actually a loyal Peacock subscriber. I am too loyal. I uh you they know they got I'm me a, with the fresh prince reboot and I never uh, never left. Well I'm a WWE <laughs> guy, so uh gotta get all the uh all the pay-per-views. So I've been I've been riding ride pretty strong as soon as they made that switch. So uh so yeah, they slid me right over with my WE network. Slid me right <laughs> on over to that Peacock. Side. So now I ain't got no problem with that. No, I do. Um, but yeah, I, well, these people pissed off about that peacock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully it's still local here in Kansas City. I so. just want to know how they looked at that thing and said, "Hey, let's put Browns, Texans, 
on regular TV. Oh, they, they wanted the cash grab, right? They got to get all the Swifties. They got to get all the Swifties to subscribe to make Peacock. Go, it was a smart move really by them. Sick, sick bastards is what they are. That's what the people want to see. All right, we are out. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.